0: hi there so now we can go into serotonin syndrome in this episode so although i i I understand that this is not a disorder necessarily like a mood disorder but it's something that will potentially come up when treating for mood disorders because of the kind of medications that are used so serotonin syndrome is a potentially life-threatening syndrome due to increased serotonergic activity in the central nervous system There are a few different etiologies or causes of serotonin syndrome, and they can be broken down into uh, serotonergic antidepressants, which would be like the SSRIs, SNRIs, TCAs, MAOIs, Bupropion or Walbutrin, and then also supplements like St. John's Wort, potentially. Another grouping might be increased release of serotonin, and this would be things like cocaine use, MDMA use, which is ecstasy, amphetamines, and then something like mirtazapine or Remeron. Impaired serotonin reuptake is another potential cause. So this would be using medications like myperidine, which is Demerol, Tramadol, which is Ultram, triptan medications, cyclobenzaprine, methylphenidates, mediclopramide. There's other medications as well, but those are a few. And then the last category I would keep in mind is increase serotonin formation, and that would be a medication like a triptan. Those are medications that are are abortive in migraine treatment, so not necessarily used in the prevention of migraines, but if someone develops a migraine, they might use a triptan as an abortive treatment. Moving into clinical manifestations. So symptoms most commonly develop rapidly after initiation or change in a precipitating medication, and those could be the medications that were listed above and then again listed or grouped into serotonergic antidepressants, increased release of serotonin, impaired serotonin reuptake, and then increased serotonin formation. So those medications that I had listed before. So 30% of the time it will occur within an hour, 60% of the time it will occur within six hours. And then nearly all patients with toxicity will start having symptoms of serotonin syndrome within 24 hours of exposure. So again, within one hour, 30% of patients will have symptoms within six hours, 60%, and then nearly all within 24 hours of exposure or that change in the precipitating medication. Cognitive effects of serotonin syndrome may include things like mental status changes. Anxiety is a very big one, as well as agitation and confusion. And then I think you can understand that this is a condition or a syndrome of too much serotonin. So listening back into previous episodes I've done just on the medications used in mood disorders, you can understand that if there's too much serotonin, these are the kind of symptoms that you might start to see. There are also GI, so gastrointestinal serotonin effects, and this would be things like nausea and vomiting, increased bowel sounds, and diarrhea. And then again, just having a, an understanding of what these medications do in terms of increasing the amount of serotonin that, that somebody's is holding onto in their synapses and in their body, we can understand why these are the kind of symptoms that they're, that they're having rather than just memorizing these symptoms, but knowing why they're occurring, I think is, is the main thing going into a diagnosis and evaluation. So on physical exam, we can group it into autonomic instability as well as neuromuscular hyperactivity. So the autonomic instability includes symptoms such as hyperthermia, tachycardia, hypertension, mydriasis, and then diaphoresis. And then the neuromuscular hyperactivity would include tremor, spontaneous or inducible clonus, hypertonia, which would include like an increased deep tendon reflex as well as hyperreflexia, and then muscle rigidity. Again, I think it's important to know what serotonin is doing in the body. And then a lot of these things can start to make more sense. So if it's a more of a stimulating, it's not a stimulant, a stimulating type or activating type, then you'd understand there'd be mydriasis or dilated pupils and diaphoresis, like sweating rather than being dry and tachycardia rather than bradycardia. So seeing those symptoms that are in that autonomic instability as well as the neuromuscular hyperactivity, I think it starts to make some more sense. And then it's actually kind of interesting, the neuromuscular symptoms are actually most profound In a patient with serotonin syndrome in their lower extremities so that might be something that's seen on physical exam where they're having these kind of tremors and inducible clonus hypertonia muscle rigidity like i had said and it's more commonly seen in the lower extremities maybe something to just keep in mind as well for Exam purposes would be that the clinical diagnosis is made by the use of the Hunter criteria. It's just, again, like any kind of criteria you might think of, it's just walking through the diagnosis of serotonin syndrome, beginning with being exposed or having an increase in serotonergic activity. And then, you know, the first question that's being asked is, is there spontaneous clonus? That might be a yes. If they are having that spontaneous clonus, then serotonin syndrome might be present. If it's not present, then you might be looking into, is there agitation, diaphoresis, hypertonic and a temperature of 38 degrees Celsius? Yes, they're having serotonin serotonin. syndrome if they're not having those kind of symptoms then you might look into seeing do they have a tremor and hyperreflexia if it's yes then it's serotonin syndrome and if it's no then it might not meet the criteria I wouldn't memorize that I would just make sure that you keep in mind that hunter criteria is specifically looking at the diagnosis of serotonin syndrome lastly going into the treatment and management so looking at mild serotonin syndrome prompt discontinuation of the offending drugs is the most important step Discontinuation supportive care and sedation with benzodiazepines is usually sufficient in mild cases. Benzodiazepines are used for the agitation. They also reduce hyperthermia and they will also help correct mild increases in heart rate and blood pressure. I think it's important to to keep in mind that antipyretics like acetaminophen are actually ineffective because increased muscular activity is actually what's causing the hyperthermia. So just because you're giving an antipyretic, it's not going to take care of the increased muscle activity that's actually causing the problem. So that may be a question that come up if, If you're looking for a medication to give that's going to be lowering somebody's temperature, an antipyretic actually isn't going to do it in serotonin syndrome. Looking into moderate serotonin syndrome, it'll be the same kind of steps taken initially, especially the prompt discontinuation of defending drugs, plus ciproheptadine in order to improve autonomic instability. So ciproheptadine is indicated if benzodiazepines and supportive care fail to actually improve the agitation and correct vital signs. Again, looking at that, so superheptadine is improving the autonomic instability. Those are the things like hyperthermia, tachycardia, hypertension, mydriasis, and diaphoresis. So if we're moving into a place where ciproheptadine is, is being prescribed or is being used to, to treat somebody with serotonin syndrome, we can know we're past the mild stage. We're moving more into, into moderate serotonin syndrome where, where we really need to get this under control. Another thing that I think it's important to keep in mind is that propranolol is actually avoided in patients with serotonin syndrome. The idea is that it will cause hypotension, which can mask the effectiveness of treatment. So serotonin syndrome is causing hypertension. If the hypertension caused by serotonin syndrome is masked by propranolol, which is going to, of course, decrease blood pressure, we can't really see how well a benzodiazepine or the ciproheptadine is is actually working. So again, the first step is going to be discontinue the offending drug benzodiazepine is going to be helpful in sedation as well as reduce hyperthermia and then hopefully correct the mild increase in heart rate and blood pressure and then ciproheptadine will be used in cases where that's not cutting it so hopefully this helps going over serotonin syndrome again i know it's not necessarily a mood disorder in itself but i think it's something that will come up on exams and i think it's something that should be should be known and known how to treat